Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey everyone, this is the Soul Sisters podcast for Billboard. It's another snowy day at the Chord Club, but luckily we are joined by the desert rock band Escondido, who will keep us warm today. Front woman Jessica Maros is our soul sister this episode, as she tells us about how she went from a first-generation Slovakian upbringing in Vancouver to become one of the most exciting new artists in the Nashville scene today. She founded her band Escondido just a few years ago, and they already just put out their second album this winter, called Walking with a Stranger. After our conversation, Jessica and her bandmate Tyler James will perform a beautiful song off that new album for us. So let's get to it. Welcome to Soul Sisters. Thank you for Soul having Sister me. of the Day. Yay. Um, like I was telling you before, I saw you guys play in LA, I guess last spring, April. Do you, you can't yeah. even remember when you played I where, probably. Was, I think it was, yeah, last April. Yeah, I think. Sounds right. Yeah. We'll uh, just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would know but us? Um, maybe your fans will comment now and be yeah. like, what? That's okay. They can remind me. <laughs> yeah, right. Please remind me <laughs> all Remind the time. me of what my life is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you guys played at the Echo and I had never been there before, which is a cool little venue. And you yeah. guys filled up that room. The Echo is good to us. They're so, it's such a great place there. Yeah. They're really good people running it and yeah, a good community of folks. Yeah. You can tell when a venue is run by people who just legitimately love music. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? So true. Like the way they put the artists together and stuff. You're like, yeah, this makes sense. They actually really And the way they through. treat you too. Like yeah. when you show up and there's actually coffee and water ready for you. <laughs> or like, or even, you know, even an orange. Right. <laughs> yeah, what do you need? What's in your writer when you perform oh, somewhere? Man. Um, like green M&Ms? No, no, no. <laughs> um, Tyler always asks for, never mind. <laughs> I she won't say? No, I'm You're not going to call him out? No, we're simple, you know. We, we just get trail mix, some, you know, power bars for the road. Mm-hmm. We'll ask for guitar picks. Yeah. That might be like the most, but you know. That never that happens. That seems pretty stand. Oh, never happens. <laughs> never happens. But I always lose them, you know. So it's like, no. I. I mean, we ask for a bottle of wine, a bullet, uh-huh. bullet rye, which okay. is quite nice. Do you have those on that. stage with you? The um, drinks. Ah, uh, I don't. I usually just have water. Yeah, but the boys do. Uh huh. Sometimes sip in that sip. bullet. I'll have a little bullet before I get on stage. I'll have like a sip. Yeah. Does know, it just like take a little edge off? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't want to, you know, used to do it a lot. Now, you know, a little 
not as not as often yeah it just you know the headache hurts more. right, right. <laughs> i know in general have you had to get a little more conservative in your lifestyle i too? think so yeah. you know moving to la has made me a little bit more conservative yeah and all my friends are like why are you like jess you can't like don't go there don't go there and they don't you know don't be too extreme with the yoga. Right. Chill out. <laughs> but it really is like everything's a balance in life. That's true. And so even, you know, when you're on the road, I really try to have, okay, I'm going to have like one night of fun, but I really want to be, you know, have a good voice for the next night mm-hmm. and for the next night. I really want to give it my all. And it's hard when you're, you know, putting your body through that. Yeah. Susan Tedeschi was on the show and she said that the trick for your voice is sleep. She said you can stay up all night, but oh, yeah. you have to sleep into the next day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, the only thing your voice cannot do without. I'm a nightmare if I don't sleep. Yeah. And it's not... Just like mood-wise also? Yeah, just like mood and energy. And yeah. it's just... And it really does take a lot out of you because not only are you playing a show, but you're going out and you want to... And you're meeting people and you're... Right. And you're, you know hearing them out and talking to them and you want to get to know your fans and get to know who's coming to your shows Mm -hmm. and be present and be present with them. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're present on stage, but you're present before and after. And so it's really mentally, you know, it's a lot of work. Yeah. So have you started into the California lifestyle of yoga and riding your bike along the beach and hiking and running Canyon? Yeah, (laughs) I love it so much. How long have you been out there for? I've been um, kind of back and forth for the past year. Right. Um, Because you you have a nomadic lifestyle. I do. Yes. I have a house in Nashville that I love. Okay. And so that's like my home. Okay. Um, But LA, I've been, I decided to get a place there and just kind of go back and forth. And I'm, you know, I've decided to make my life a lot more challenging because yeah. I'm never there. So I got to Airbnb it. And so um, I feel like I'm running like <laughs> a million businesses at right. once. <laughs> Did you move out but, there for business reasons? Music? Yeah, I just kind of needed a change. Yeah. I wanted a different pace. And a lot of people are coming to Nashville and just like in swoons mm-hmm. and just showing up, and which is great for the city. Um, but I wanted to kind of get out of it a little bit. It's still a small town. Mm-hmm. Are you from Nashville? No, I'm from Vancouver. Okay. Canada. Okay. Yeah, I have a crazy story. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Okay. So now I have a lot of questions for you. <laughs> when did you move to Nashville? Okay, so... Um, or you know what? Let's take it all the way back. All right. Let's 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 just go there. Take it back? Take it back to Vancouver. From the beginning? Yes. One. Well, let's start with this. When did yeah. music start for you? How young were you? I, I've i always been a singer. And okay. so I would sing in church and uh-huh. I would sing in musical theater. And... Did you study it at all? No. Okay. Vocally, I studied it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I had like a vocal teacher and I would do piano lessons, but I hated piano. And I was a little bit older. I was probably like 18. I'd always sing. I would sing like the national anthem at like a Grizzlies game. Really? When in like the NBA back in the day. Oh, and that was so that's a big I was deal. Like Fourteen. Yeah. But I never really wrote songs until I got my heart broken. Mm. And then you had the material. And then I sat by the piano and I started playing some chords. And I'm like, oh, this man, this sucks. <laughs> like, like, what age was this? 
I mean, I must have been 15. Okay. And I'm like, oh, this is the worst feeling in the world. This guy doesn't like me and it sucks. <laughs> I remember just like, you know, writing a song about it and feeling feeling just really inspired and, and then kind of let it go. And uh, I did a lot of acting. I went to school for theater. Okay. And then my first- You've been in college? Yeah. Okay. Wait, before we even get there, what yeah. did your parents do? Are either of your parents artists? No. So my parents immigrated from Slovakia. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I'm first generation North American. Got so it. So I'm the only English speaking person in my family. Really? And so my dad immigrated and um, they all have crazy accents, Eastern European and strict, strict family, but they're fun. Uh-huh. And uh, their musical taste, shall we say, is very poor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, is it just like old world it's stuff? It's polka and old school. <laughs> but, you know, we've always, I, as a little girl, I remember having, my parents had these parties and the fiddle would come out and the accordion would come out. So that's kind of where it came into me where, you know. Yeah, it doesn't always matter the genre yeah. when you're growing up. Just yeah. kind of absorbing that, oh, people can have fun just whipping out yeah. instruments no matter exactly. what they're playing. Yeah. And they weren't good at it. Right. <laughs> which is, but they just love it so much. And they sing these old kind of village songs. Uh-huh. That makes sense you that know? they want to keep the culture yeah. and, and that feeling yeah. alive. So that's kind of where it all came from. Maybe. How did they choose Vancouver? Why did they move? Well, they moved, they had about five cities to choose from. Okay. I think it was like Boston. Calgary uh-huh I don't know did they know anybody no okay no they just my dad said that he just heard a lot of good things about Canada and that and he is an engineer he was an engineer uh-huh and so um uh, he wanted to come work in the forestry like I don't know become a mechanical engineer wow nice <laughs> so he did it yeah and, but you know he he has a really crazy story as well where you know, it wasn't easy for him. Mm-hmm. And when did your parents meet? They actually met in Vancouver. Okay. Um, shortly after they both immigrated and they knew, my dad knew my mom's mom. Okay. And so my grandmother was like, Rudy, go pick up my daughter from the airport. <laughs> and it was still communism. They were refugees, you know, yeah. it was still communism in Slovakia at the time. Uh-huh. And so my mom sort of escaped right. the country. Wow. Met my dad and... Five hours later, they were like in love, apparently. <laughs> this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
so you're told <laughs> yeah have you ever been back there yeah i go i go all the time i have a lot of family there and you know my parents we speak it at home and and so i go every second summer my dream is to play in Slovakia. Yes, it has to happen. There's a festival there called Pohodje Festival uh-huh. that I just would love to play and speak Slovak over the <laughs> mic. It would be amazing. What kind of music is played at that festival? You know, they, they're they like cool now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> They've caught on. Slovakia's caught on. Yeah. They never used to be. I remember the first McDonald's there. And really? It was like a luxury. It was luxury. Yeah. Um, now it's like malls and mm-hmm. westernized so sad in a way but. when it goes too far yeah yeah um so okay so then you went to college to study theater you said yeah okay and where then during in uh, vancouver okay. called capilano college and during that time i had a boyfriend who was in a rock band is this and a recurring theme yeah for your artistic it is. development my, this is exactly (laughs) i'm doomed now i've learned my lesson don't date you know no but it seems to serve you well yeah it does (laughs) and i know if you can you know you have to suffer for it's true for your fans it's true yeah do we really (laughs) Uh. (laughs) but um all right so this boyfriend yeah this boyfriend so but he you know i guess i was kind of a groupie i loved i loved rock music so Uh much i just I loved it and he taught me all everything he was in college with you yeah and i mean he got me into smashing pumpkins and radiohead and jane's addiction and that was just like the you know at that time it uh-huh. was just my thing yeah and so I would he was go, just in a band like a college yeah, band yeah basically and i would go to his shows and mm-hmm. stuff and one day i remember being like i want to pick up the guitar i can sing too and um i did and he was like, well, you know, people usually start really young. And oh. I'm like, well, yeah, I know, but I just like it. You know, let, let me just let me just try. And I pick up the guitar and I'm like playing three chords. It's like a Courtney Love song. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I just started writing songs. And then my vocal teacher recorded me one day. And then I had a development deal with, a record label in Vancouver and then they then I, I was on, on a plane to Nashville but how did that deal come about um my vocal teacher sent in a tape of my songs to one of the guys there wow. and I got this weird call one day do you remember where you were I was in my kitchen yeah at home and um yeah and they were like hey you know we think you're cool and but yeah, so it just kind of went from there. And then I was on a plane to Nashville and I started, you know, they started pairing me up with songwriters and uh-huh. I was writing with a bunch of songwriters and then I fell in love with the songwriter. <laughs> Wait, what <laughs> happened to the college boyfriend? <laughs> when you picked up the guitar, was he like, well, both of us can't play a guitar, so <laughs> later. <laughs> basically, basically, maybe. yeah, basically, yeah. It didn't work out. He's uh-huh. still a good friend. Okay, cool. good. Okay. And his band's great, too. He still has a band. Yeah, yeah. in Vancouver? Mm-hmm. Okay. Does he doing, come to your shows ever? He's doing pretty ever? good. He's doing pretty yeah? good, actually, yeah. Okay. Um, Everyone he, came out ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he He's never seen me play in my band yet. But maybe he streams your music. 
Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> it's not out in Canada yet, but it will be. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll give him we'll give yeah. him a break. He's got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So then you went to Nashville. Were your parents like, wait, 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 what are you doing? Or they were like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, no. What was that conversation? They have such a skewed view of the music industry. They have no idea. Right. You know, they're my dad. When he first came to my like our first club show, he's like, where's your limo? Like, where's the theater? the red velvet seats (laughs) and the curtains Uh and you're playing this club show with all these stickers in the back and like (laughs) gross bathrooms i'm like yeah dad it's rock and roll like (laughs) this is the way it is he goes this isn't my daughter oh (laughs) man but he does it in a way where i mean he's just harsh he's in no of course you know he no it obviously comes from a good place but they have no frame of reference no right yeah yeah but they, you know, throughout the years, they've, they're really supportive now. And, but back then, I mean, they were excited for me. They just want me to be happy. Yeah. And that's what's so great. Yeah. Is that they don't care what I do. Right. They just want me to be happy. As long as it's working out. Yeah. Okay. As long as the van doesn't break down. Yeah. As long as. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. Knock on wood. Yeah. So what year did you go to Nashville? That was in. Uh, 2011 okay 12 so did you finish college i went for like half a year oh really? oh that was it yeah wow so what was that conversation with your parents like <laughs> they <laughs> you know what they're just cool yeah they yeah. were cool with even that okay they were i mean i'm look i'm like a really hard worker Mm-hmm. And so I think if I was at home baking and right. <laughs> sitting around and I don't know, playing video games or something. Yeah. I think they'd be concerned. Right. But but the career just kind of came early. Yeah. I just yeah. kind of always have, I'm always doing something. I'm always finding something to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so yeah. I don't think they're worried. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to Nashville. They set you up with other songwriters. Yeah. So you're writing songs with them or they're writing songs for you what was happening it was weird because i never at the time i didn't know that you could actually have a career just writing songs right for other people for other people yeah wow this is great Uh uh-huh you can do this (laughs) like i don't have to be the front face you know like the person were you not sure that you wanted to be at that point i didn't really know like i i didn't really grow up with any musicians in my life so i didn't i didn't see how it worked Mm -hmm. um but I knew I wanted to sing. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to write. And so I guess it was just, a, I was just taking it all in, mm-hmm. you know, like how, oh, this is how you write a song. And okay, are we going to write for me? Great. And how do I do that? I don't know. I mean, this is pull out my book. I felt like this yesterday. Let's yeah. talk about this. <laughs> I don't know. It was just, you know, it was just a learning yeah. thing. What? style were you writing and singing in at that point it was more pop rock but i know the label at the time wanted it to be like cheryl crow okay meets joni mitchell it was (laughs) you know they had a need for that yeah yeah probably okay they tried to fit me in that box yeah it didn't work no (laughs) well clearly i don't know no right i was like but did you try yeah yeah i did i gave it a i gave it a go and 
just didn't work. I didn't like it. I didn't love the songs. I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't sing this every night. Yeah. What um, did you want to be doing? I wanted more control of the sound. Yeah. I found that writing with other people, I was losing myself. Mm-hmm. And I really just enjoyed being alone mm-hmm. and writing it alone. Yeah. Um. So, but that was like a quick moment because then I actually gave up music. Really? Got married. Wait, what? And started a fashion company. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> wow. Okay. That so you just dropped a bomb on me. There's a lot now that I didn't know happened in the last few years. All right, this is great. So this band is a new thing for me. Okay. Yeah. So okay, so you quit like you told them I'm out. This isn't working for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And did you marry that songwriter? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did. And then what was the plan? You didn't know. The plan was, I mean, um, I didn't know. I was just really in love and, yeah, you know, um, yeah, just kind of became a wife. Yeah. Really. And But then that kind of became old and then I wanted to be somebody. And so I started sewing and then started a company. Wow. And so... Was um, was fashion a thing that, like, was also a part of your brain for a long time? I had no idea it existed. Okay. Until I was just bored one day and I was knitting. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, wouldn't it be cool to knit a dress? And then I'm like, wouldn't it be cool to sew? I wonder what it'd be like. And then I took a sewing class and then I started making my own clothes. And then I was around musicians. So a lot of my friends were like, what are you wearing? That's so cool. And then that led to make my dress for the country music awards. And I'm like, what? Okay. And then make my wedding dress. Okay. And then it just wow went down this path of like, whoa, I'm now a sewer. Right. Like I'm now. Wow. So you were making everything? Mm-hmm. And you were just like selling it to friends or people that you met. You weren't selling in stores or anything. I eventually then started selling in stores. Really? Yeah. And I had a company called Sleeveless. And I it was only um, jewelry and stuff, but huge kind of big pieces. Now they're kind of in, but back then, yeah, those huge, like, they never really existed. Uh-huh. And so, and I would do things for, like, Prince. I made, like, his whole collection for a tour once. What? It was super cool. <laughs> Oops. Sorry. <laughs> it was really, really cool. And then, uh, yeah, but it got... It got to be really exhausting. Mm-hmm. So you actually like, formed a company and went yeah, through all the... Yeah, had like a store and, you know, wow. had a little mini manufacturing company behind um, the store. Okay. And just hired people, like taught them how to sew with me. It was cool. How long did that go on for? That was like three years. Okay. Yeah. And no music during this time for you? You know, I was like a closet singer. Yeah. So <laughs> I kind of let... Um, my man at the time uh-huh. be the musician. Yeah, and uh, did you feel conflicted about it, or you just kind of put it out I of your mind? I kind of felt conflicted about it. I was like missing it. Yeah, definitely, because I was around all these musicians, and and I always felt like I'm one of you, but you don't know it. Right. It was weird. Yeah, I kind of always felt like in the background that I should be there, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I. I was almost like stepping on my on my talent like right. this thing that was given to you you know and you're almost like 
avoiding it. Yeah. Do you think that part of it is that when you were trying to do that songwriting before and they were trying to put you into a hole that didn't really, you didn't fit, that you took that more personally than you should have, that you felt like that was like you having shortcomings as opposed to that just wasn't the right fit for you? I think it was just like a my situation, everything all at once. You know, you're, you don't know who you are yet. Mm-hmm. You don't know who you want to be. Right. And then you're trying to listen to other people, but you deep down inside who you should be listening to is yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I was avoiding that. I didn't want to hear because I knew, I already knew. Yeah. But I knew that that lifestyle, maybe the people around me wouldn't like it. Right. So I was trying to make other people happy. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, at this point, how old are you in the, in the story? Old enough. Old enough. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like, at, I oh, think a lot story. of, in the story, like, like a lot of people don't. One. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in general, your 20s is all about learning how to listen to yourself. Yeah, exactly. And you often don't know for that whole decade. Totally. <laughs> you know, that whole, honestly, like I had no idea. I, I was trying. I didn't. It was just really influenced by other people. Yeah. So, and, you know. But yeah. how, how did the music come back then? What was the turning point? I had a lot of things, a lot of change happen. I was just unhappy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm married too young. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, I left, I kind of left everything behind Yeah. and started again. Did you leave Nashville? No, stayed in Nashville. I, um, you know, left the relationship. Uh-huh. I left my business and I kind of started a clean slate and I'm like, okay, it's, it's time to do what I'm supposed to be doing. That sounds scary as hell, but also very liberating. It was the scariest thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, I was at the point where I'm like, okay, even if I'm going to have to be a waitress again. Right. And, you know, clean the floors. I don't know. Not that I'm saying that's bad because I actually enjoyed being a waitress. I, lo- <laughs> I actually love talking to people and stuff. But I think um, everyone should do it. At some yeah. Point. It's so important. Yeah. I mean, and, and it happens any moment in your life. You never know. You could lose it all. Mm-hmm. And I did. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's good to know yeah. that you can survive that. Absolutely. To learn that. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you have a good support group around you of people who are supporting you while you were going through that? I'm or were people so like, what lucky. the hell are you doing? I had a lot of people really support me. Okay. And I don't, I have like only a few friends and they're the ones, I don't have like a lot of friends, but the ones that are, are just, they are amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I slept on a couch for like half a year in my friend's house. Uh-huh. And she didn't even, she was like, you're not leaving me until you're ready. That's awesome. So it's pretty, pretty cool to have those people in your life. Yeah. And in Nashville, you kind of have the space to do that. In New yeah, York, exactly. even your best friend would murder you after like totally. one week on their couch. <laughs> like totally. I'm tired of climbing over you to get to the bathroom. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't even imagine. No. I would go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then what was the next step musically for you? So then um, a girlfriend of mine, she was like, Jessica, she was a big catalyst musically for me because she would sit down and go, you have an insane and a unique voice. Why aren't you doing this? Yeah. Sit down and write with me. She, and 
she was like, play guitar. And the way she would say it, I'd be like, okay, you know, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. (laughs) And I just would start playing these songs and we would just sit and write. And then one day she called me up. She's like, can you come over to my friend's house? His name's Tyler and he's recording a Christmas song for me. I'd love for you to sing on it. I'm like, okay. So I show up and uh, I'm singing this Christmas song. And then then she kind of goes, Jess, play him Rodeo Queen. Play him that song. Playing that song you wrote. And I'm like, okay. All right. So here I am. I'm like singing this song. And uh, that minute, Tyler stops what he's doing. He's like mid-Christmas world. <laughs> and he stops what he's doing. And he goes to his keyboard, opens up a new session, lays down this like synth keyboard thing, and starts creating the track for it. And then that night, I walk away with like, a recorded demo of the song. Whoa. And I remember putting it in my car and going, oh my gosh, I mean, I've spent so many years before or like writing with probably every single person in Nashville. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of people. And for the first time, I really felt that this person got the sound of the song and the mood of the song and the atmosphere and like, kind of really um my voice it really sounded good with my voice whatever he was doing yeah you guys had never met before um we were I heard of him I heard of him around town Uh because he was like a solo artist and he used to wear this headband and so I remember seeing like posters of him around like like a sweatband like a sweatband yeah (laughs) he would wear like this sweatband and he was kind of like the guy that started the sweatband <laughs> and I remember seeing his name and and we've our path our paths crossed so mm-hmm. many times because we had the same producer at one point okay um but we never really really met until that one night wow and then you guys were like well this is meant to be it was kind of my friend called you know the next day she uh-huh. calls me up she's like you need to get him to do your record and then she calls him up I didn't know about this, but then she calls him up. And I she's love this like, like professional matchmaking. Yeah. She's like, you need to, you guys need to work together. And so, you know, Tyler called me up and we started, you know, making demos and writing songs. And, um, and then one day he takes me to a coffee shop and he's like, Hey, do you want to start a band? And I'm like, wow, no one's ever wanted me to be in a band before. I've always like, you know, kind of created my own thing or been my own band. And I remember like I had flashbacks of high school, like being in the band room and being like, can I sing? And I'm like, no, (laughs) boys only. (laughs) No, But I was just like, would sit there and I'd be like, man, I just really want to be in a band. And then, I mean, flashback to that moment and I'm like wow yeah <laughs> had yeah. he been looking for somebody too he just got off the road he was in Edward Sharp mm-hmm. and played keys for them for a, for the year oh cool and uh so he got off the road and he did a solo thing forever uh-huh. for a long time and I think he was just looking for a change and wanting he liked the mentality of being in a group yeah I think with Edward Sharp so he was like, yeah, I really, I want to start something different and I'd love to be in a band with you. Cool. And he already had the name. So really? I was like, 
yeah and it just happened to fit exactly the vibe like of the whole sound Uh uh-huh um so were you like okay i happen to already have all these songs written i had a lot of songs written when i met him yeah and they were all like haunting and dark and and uh we write we write really differently i usually like to start it Uh and start on my own and i'll demo it myself Uh and then i'll send it to him okay and then he'll add to it and then we'll get together and we'll make like a work tape of it okay and then when we go into record we'll have live instruments and stuff but Uh we usually have you know a ton of demos before yeah we go into record so how did the first album happen the first album it was um it was just like so fresh and just kind of spontaneous and we didn't really know what was going to happen with it we were like we're we love this we love the sound we just love it and so but we didn't have a lot of money to uh-huh. like go into the studio and do like in an you know a two-week thing right so we did work tapes of all the songs and then had you recorded an album before no yeah okay yeah it's my first record ever yeah um and then we so tyler kind of coordinated and got the band together uh-huh um really talented musicians in nashville and then basically went in in one day and tracked the entire record live and we did like three songs i mean three takes of each song oh my god so we got in and the coolest thing about it is that my best friend talia was there leanne who introduced us uh-huh. was there and so like you know and my best friend she we've always done art together since we were like 13 years old she's always taken footage Uh of me and has always been in my life and she was there taking photos of the thing and now to this day like she's our main girl she does all our photos for the band and artwork and um but that day was really special it was like our drummer had had a show that night at like 11 o'clock so here we are, like, power-throwing these songs. And like, then, how many hours total? I mean, I don't know, like, let's see, from 11 till 10. Yeah. And that was it. It was done. Yeah, it was done. But then afterwards, Tyler had to go in and, like, cut up. He was working, you know, making it sound good. Right. Whatever. And then you listened to it, and you were like, mm, yeah, we're, we're a band. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is, I'm happy with this, you know? yeah it's it's all right i mean (laughs) no i mean i'll say it's a very fully formed album i mean you guys clearly right away had your sound and fit perfectly together it's crazy that that it was your first album and that it was done that quickly to have come out that polished it's amazing yeah i think a lot has to do with nashville yeah and the musicians being just so good there that they're just yeah. ready to go. They're ready to go and yeah. they're like on point. And I think they really live to be put on the spot. Uh-huh. Because they're so good that if they overwork themselves, they're just, it's going to have, not. it's going to lack emotion. Mm. And I think the quality to that record is that everyone evoked an emotion that day. Yeah. Because they didn't really know the music. And so if you don't know the music, I think you're kind of like, it's a challenge. Uh-huh. And so you have to base it between, I mean, I'm just guessing for them, but for me personally, yeah. you're, you're 
doing you're like going back and forth between emotion and then skill uh-huh did you play guitar on that album i didn't okay no i'm like i love i guitar for me now i'm way better than before uh-huh. but i'm consider myself just a songwriter so okay. i like it for writing songs yeah now i'm you know doing solos on stage right which, <laughs> for like three three notes and then a drum solo <laughs> and then a drum solo <laughs> um who are your guys's musical touchstones like did you talk about that before you went in and recorded that album especially because of the duets like it makes me think a lot about like graham parsons and emmy lou yeah. and that kind of stuff you know i just started getting into emmy lou and graham parsons really? so and um I, you know, I would get a lot of Mazzy Star too. Everyone's okay. always comparing my voice to her, which I love. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Like Tyler, for me, um, yeah, I, we had a, a love of like old Western films. Okay. So we would just sit and listen to soundtracks. Really? Yeah. Like Ennio Morricone kind yeah, of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And he plays the trumpet. And so, and it's fascinating because, like, I keep thinking about it over and over again. And, like, my Eastern European culture, mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, kind of that gypsy feeling. Yeah. And the trumpet kind of, for me, evokes that uh-huh. in a way of that gypsy life. Right. And, um, but I think the sound is like this just very desert and it it feels distant it feels heart-wrenching and like kind of like this longing Mm -hmm. it's like living in this longing i don't know i don't know what i'm talking about no no, no, that's cool because you know the genre could be described as a kind of americana thing but then when you describe it that way it's like right this is not just a purely american emotion yeah (laughs) yeah no it's it's through all cultures yeah and even if you're talking about westerns really that that's very much in a way like an immigration story of going from the east to the west which was not an established culture or civilization yet. yeah yeah so that makes sense that you tie it together that's yeah cool so when the album was finished what was the next move wow well i was had no i didn't know anything about the music industry yeah <laughs> so right so you have it and then i have it i'm like what do we do with it mm-hmm. and tyler really you know he's he was doing it for a year so i learned a lot from him um and it was great because i'm like i'm a businesswoman. Uh-huh. I, I also love the business side of things and so I would go and and we would just really work together. We we're like, okay, well, what do we do next? Well, we need to promote it. Well, okay, so you know we're gonna invest. I'm gonna invest this amount and uh-huh. let's get a publicist. Okay, let's see <laughs> what we can do. That sounds good. And we started with the publicist, uh-huh. and then from there, you know, it just kind of formed into our own label. Wow. And so we've been doing it on our own ever since, and all aspects of it. You know, it's booking. We now have a booking agent. Okay, good. <laughs> but in the beginning, we ha- we did have to go and book our own shows. We booked our own West Coast sh- tour. Wow. Um, I mean, we did it all. And then slowly, we got our booking agent when we did Conan. Oh, really? So we still didn't have a booking agency when we... You got yourselves on Conan? Yeah. How? I mean, it was just like a combination of a ton of things okay. all at once. But we were in a magazine. We were in Garden and Gun. And then... Um, 
our publicist, I was like, I want to do late night. Yeah. She's like, Jess, it's not happening. I'm like, Monica, <laughs> let's do it. Like, come on, I want to try. Can we not try? She's like, Jess, like, no one's seen you guys live. Like, really? I'm like, come on, we can do it. Why, why not? Let's just give it a try. Yeah. And it was a combination of, like, um, you know, they saw our, our article and then our music was being played in Nashville. And then, you know, I just, we just kind of finagled our way in there. Wow. <laughs> without him seeing us play. That's crazy. Which is, you know, but the an o- owner of a club, Grimey's uh-huh. in Nashville um, kind of vouched for us and said to the Conan Booker to the Conan Booker okay like they're great live and yeah. then how did you feel about that performance on the show I've was it was the first time I play guitar like wow live. <laughs> so you like, like know when I'm gonna start when there's millions <laughs> of people watching this is the moment <laughs> but I got to you know and I the cool thing was the first thing I'm like what am I gonna wear <laughs> and I remember seeing, no stylist yeah no stylist did my own makeup but I um no I saw this vent this outfit in a vintage store and it was an old Manuel um one piece suit kind of thing uh-huh. jumpsuit and Manuel is like a uh famous for making out you know um Graham Parsons suits yeah. and like the rhinestone Nashville right. stuff and uh, it was for a man, this jumpsuit. So I took it apart, reworked it. That is and made badass. It, and made like this electric blue jumpsuit. Oh my God. <laughs> and it was a little ridiculous. I it's mean, all the so YouTube cool. comments are like, what is she wearing? <laughs> this like, what, we back in the Of course the they are. <laughs> what else would people comment on? The music? No. Yeah, no. It was good. It was really, really nerve wracking. Yeah. It could have been, um, I had a moment where I'm like, this could be the last time I ever make music. <laughs> make a break moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. But it went okay, it obviously. Went good. It yeah. went good. We're still alive. Exactly. We're still here. Survived and thrived. <laughs> Did you, was there any noticeable effect of having played on Conan afterwards? You know, it used to be that way, but no. Yeah. It's just tough. I know. Well, because like, not everyone's watching the same thing anymore. Not everyone's watching and... It's just tough. Yeah. You know, we, we've we've had a lot of really great things that platforms, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know, to keep people there. And I think because we're also our own label, we have a harder time reminding people. Right. Because there's so much noise. Yeah. And so we really, I think it's a marketing thing. Totally. And, um, and, and you seem naturally good at that kind of thing, but at the same time, you yeah. only have so much time. <laughs> yeah, when you're trying to get to a show, and right. you're, you know, you're trying to figure out your next step and yeah. trying to afford to buy vinyl. I mean, <laughs> there's so much, there's so the simple much. needs. Yeah, but you know, you do what you can. You can only do what you can. And yeah. the rest is like, it's not really up to you. Right. You know? just got to do the hustle but when you're competing with people that have the finances to have big billboards and have like marketing team behind them Mm -hmm. you know it's it's like how as an independent band how can we and we don't really we didn't really want to be an independent band we're just kind of forced to right i feel like musicians now have to be yeah 
I mean, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because at least then you have some control and freedom. No one's yeah. telling you what to do. Totally. But. <laughs> and then it's, it's the also, work. also then you are so unique mm-hmm. that you don't fit anywhere. So that's a fear thing. Yeah. Apparently. Right. You know, harder to. I mean, how do you describe yourselves when you're trying to describe your genre or whatever? I mean, I would say, I mean, we we talk a lot about desert rock. Okay. And we kind of created our own genre in That's a way. good. No, we like to ask everybody this on the show because it's helpful to be able to describe yourself a certain way or align yourself with other people just so people kind of get that right away. But yeah. at the same time, I think most artists always feel like it doesn't quite get there. Yeah. It doesn't quite describe it right. I mean, I understand the whole genre thing. We yeah. need, we need, we need it. But at the same time, when you're a mixture of a lot, which yeah. music is becoming more and more. Totally. How, I think it's kind of cool that you can create your own genre. It is. And it's not like you're yeah. struggling to like try to get onto a radio station that's only playing one kind of genre because yeah. who's even listening to that anymore? I mean, times are changing. <laughs> yeah. What if, you know, what if genres don't exist anymore? I don't know. Genre is dead. <laughs> yes. Declaring it here. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, so what would you call it? Desert. Desert rock. Desert rock. That's cool. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I think Fleetwood Mac is desert rock mm-hmm. and Mazzy Star. Yeah. And I think there's a ton of people. Calexico. Yeah. Um, what makes something desert rock? You just, you like, I think feel that, like you're in the desert. <laughs> I think there's, it's, someone asked me this the other day, like, what makes it desert? Yeah. And, because I, really I know don't. what you mean, but now I'm trying to articulate it in my head. I think it's like a lot of minor chords. Okay. Things that sound distant uh-huh. and dark. And then... It is kind of that, that like spaghetti western kind of spaghetti feel. western. Yeah. And then, you know, um, like an acoustic guitar that just kind of like that Mexican style. Yeah. Like acoustic guitar and then a trumpet or even... Um, even we have pedal steel. Mm-hmm. We, our guitar player uses actually a b-bender um thing (laughs) on his guitar and makes it sound like a pedal steel oh wow and pedal steel is like such a beautiful instrument and every time we put pedal steel it's like oh it's country but no it's just a it's like a an added twang that right which makes it western to me yes (laughs) and there's a difference between country and western Western. Mm mm-hmm right um, so how did the second album happen then? So the second one took a little bit longer. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we decided to, again, you know, we're always battling between, you know, saving up everything to be able to afford to do what we can. Right. Sonically. Yeah. So. I feel like we should say the new album just came out, right? Yes. Yes. Walking yeah. with a Stranger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Came out like a couple weeks ago yeah and it's real good check it out guys Aww, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah so you took your time you gathered the resources yeah yeah we took our time with this one we you know we've been we're always writing songs mm-hmm. and um tyler we recorded it in his bedroom okay and the drums in the studio but, but was, you were out in la writing these songs yeah, yeah. I kind of go and back out? and forth, in okay. and out. But I spent most of my time in LA during this time. Yeah. While Tyler was 
kind of tracking and working. He played all the instruments on it. Okay. Most of it. And um, is it harder to write when you guys are that far apart? Um, we, I think, you know, we we were together every single day for the first half of you know of the first record. Yeah. So being away was just really good for us. Yeah. We needed, you know, to I needed it for me to go. Who you know? Who am I again? I don't want right. to be codependent. You know, and you kind of have to be totally when you're in a band. Yeah. So I really wanted to go to LA and just like. I don't know, live on the edge. <laughs> yeah. No, like return to yourself, <laughs> return to which go, I'm sure helps yeah. your songwriting. Absolutely. Yeah. And it really did. Cool. And so, yeah, I would send it to him and we would do that whole thing again through email. Uh huh. And then, um, yeah. And, but it took, we really wanted to have a bigger sound with this one. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to be so tailored to the desert sound. We uh-huh. kind of, and, I, so I think there's like a song for everyone on this record. We've got like the ballad and we've got like, you know, a, a pop, whatever. Yeah. A pop song. Desert pop. Desert pop. I don't know. <laughs> but it's edgy and I don't know. I, I really like it. Cool. So you guys were just touring. Yeah. And yeah, we, he survived. Nine shows, yeah. nine shows in a row. And what's we, next? Now you get a little breather? <laughs> oh my goodness. We have a week off and then we go to South by Southwest. Oh, wow. Cool. Have you guys yeah. played there before? Um, yes. Okay. But this is our first official showcase. Nice. So we're playing at the parish. Cool. Yeah. 1 a.m. Should be fun. Really? Yeah. <laughs> How are you at 1 a.m.? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. We'll see. Yeah. How, how do you prepare for that? Take a nap at like nine? I, I don't know. I've never played that late before. Yeah. We're about to find out. Yeah. But we'll be, yeah, hopefully our outfits make it. I made I made these outfits on this last run. Do you make them for Tyler too? Yeah. I'll like, well, I'll kind of buy something or like dye his pants. He uh-huh. wears like these mariachi pants. <laughs> nice. And I like dyed them for him. And But after nine shows in a row... You know, they start, you don't have dry, you don't have time for dry cleaning right. on their own. So. <laughs> they get a little funky. Yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I want them to last for South By and if I have like beads falling off of it. And it's so sad. Like clothes get beat up even more. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we get pretty beat up too. <laughs> clothes and bodies and yeah. minds and voices. And voices. Everything takes a pull. Yeah. Um, I, tell me if this is true, this thing that I read, that you guys wrote one of the songs from Marnie and Desi on Girls. Oh, yeah. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. Because <laughs> we used to do a Girls podcast when I was with The Hollywood Reporter. No and way. yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about Marnie and Desi and those songs and like what we would imagine is the challenge of making a song that's intentionally kind of bad, but <laughs> still like you see that they're talented, but it kind of like drives you insane <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Well, we're about to find out what, it, how it turned out because it's oh, it's a, it's in this season. Yeah, it's in oh, this season. cool. Okay, yeah. um, and it was a really cool experience. The title was already written. Okay, like they gave you the title. Yeah. Okay. Lena Dunham gave us the title. She had. So how did you hook up with her? Um. So the guy that does the music supervision uh-huh. of the show, his name's Manish Raval, super talented. He the music um, is always so on point. He's for that so show. good. I yeah. know. I, he's a he just kind of threw. Hey, let's get Escondido to try to. He was write just a fan. Just yeah, you guys. Cool. Yeah. And um, 
and they yeah they gave us they gave us the chance to try to write it yeah it was pretty funny because they asked for like a honky-tonk song (laughs) and i don't know how much i should give away but i won't give away too much but um yeah it's called wohaka blues okay and uh so they gave you the title and they said it should be kind of honky-tonk and yeah and i um we (laughs) the whole the process is funny because tyler had one idea and so we did his idea and then i'm like i I feel like they need something a little bit more upbeat and up tempo. So I like just quickly recorded something on my iPhone. And then I'm like, let's just send them both. And it was really interesting. So they're like, oh, I like the iPhone version one. Really? Let's do that. <laughs> so funny. Like, you just never know. You yeah. know, you can like create this masterpiece, full on production song, and then you just send in a vocal on a phone, yeah. on an iPhone. And, just it you know shows you that nothing matters right it's true (laughs) or that like if the if the music is good yeah people can hear it regardless of production so allison williams will be singing your part yeah yeah it's cool do you know what episode oh man i think i'd i'd be lying if i yeah it's fine no idea (laughs) we'll we'll know it when we hear it yeah 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 (laughs) Exactly. Very cool. <laughs> um, all right. So what song are you guys playing for us today? Um, Do you know? I don't. I'm you guys going to confer? We might We might have to talk about it first. I don't something know. Something from the new album? Are you Are Hopefully. you craving something slow? or Is there something you want to hear? I don't uh, know. Well, I would like to hear something newer since I saw you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So. Okay. Uh, well, something something to tease a new album maybe all right for we'll, people we'll do that all right awesome all right cool thank you thank you <laughs> we're escondido and this song is called apartment night moves in your apartment i'm getting ready i'm getting ready now we've got the Steady, no worries anyhow We could do no wrong Yeah, we could do no wrong Ooh, I'm walking with a stranger He even knows my name Yeah, I'm walking with a stranger Jacket looked real good on you. We were going strong. Yeah, we were going strong. I've been dreaming of your apartment. Do you remember the school that you once knew? We had the
Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.